Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. And, of course, you can find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows, news, reviews, articles, and, of course, our store. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, with me via the Zoom studio, because as I like to say, that is how you podcast nowadays, and I don't hate it anymore, is Miss Ebony Allard. Ebony, how are you today? I am good, and I so thought that was just a pre-record on all of your podcasts, and now I'm like, he does that bit live. (laughs) My friends make fun of me so much for that, because like I said, I don't edit very much, and they'll actually try, like, we have a couple of co-hosts that do all of our shows. We have three podcasts, for those of you guys who don't know for some reason. But they will always try and trip me up during it. But I'm like rapid fire with that. I don't know what it is. I find it I find it just sets the, the tone for me. And it makes it easier for me to just jump right into it. And I think if you say something enough, it rolls off the tongue, right? <laughs> yeah. If I ever try and change it or tweak it, it you, you would think I'm having a seizure. Like you should call 911. Like you just see me like freaking out. And... Or if one of the other co-hosts do the intro, I try not to look at them because I'm just like, you're not do- you're not doing it right. They're like, who cares? It's the show intro. They know what they're listening to. I was like, but they need to know what they're listening to. But anyway, Ebony, it's so great to have you on. Like, you were one of the most passionate people to get on the show that I've ever had. I'm I'm fairly certain that you didn't. Weren't you getting on an airplane and messaging me about setting this up? Yes, I was. But that's because that makes it sound like I was like so into this. I was scrolling before I got on a plane and the plane was delayed. I was mm-hmm. going back to the UK for my sister's wedding and I was just scrolling and I was in a group and I saw a post. And I was like, I need to be on that podcast. And so and then they called the plane and were like, you know, we can move now. You can get on the plane. So, yeah, I sent you a voice note being like, hi, I really want to go on your show. I'm getting on an airplane now. Bye. And then I was like, all right, safe travels. Didn't hear from you because I know that that is a flight to anywhere in Europe is a flight. I think the longest flight I ever did was 16 hours. And I don't think I could ever do it again. I went to Korea of all places, South Korea. And that's a long flight. But I'm sitting there and. Obviously, like you mentioned, we connected on Facebook because that's a big way for podcasters, content creators to connect nowadays. And my wife goes, who's leaving you voice notes? I was like, don't worry about it, dear. If that didn't help for some reason, it made it worse. I'm sorry. No, no, no. She she knows because like when I put when I put something in any of the groups, I'll, I'll suddenly get like, you know, five, six messages, you know, or people commenting on it. So I always tell her, I'm like, I'm posting for guests. She goes, OK. And suddenly – You'll see my phone just go off and go off. And I, it's funny because when we first started, I used to be like, I got to do, I got to answer all these right away. Now I kind of pace myself. And I also like to vet people a little bit more. And one of the things that I liked about your process was you sent me your website and I was reading through it. And it is just so full of information and just so full of things that I'm curious about and things that I have questions about. And Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to kind of dig into some of the things that you have here because some of these things I know, like I mentioned in our pre-show, some of these things I know about, some of these things mm-hmm. I know a little about, a lot about, none about. So I always like to lead, uh, to learn and and find out new things. And I'm never going to be one of those people that thinks I know everything because there's so much stuff to learn and I'm excited. That's so true. And also like, okay, so I also have a podcast, which you will have seen. I've done lots of podcasts over the years. 
But if you're applying for a podcast and you write me and you like, it's just much easier if I can hear your voice because then I know whether or not I want you on the podcast. So that's why the voice note, just to be clear. <laughs> no, that's totally, I, I never even thought about that. So I, I mentioned to you that I was doing a lot of interviews this week. I am full of first for interviews this week. And that is one of my firsts where somebody sends me the voice note and now I understand. It. I thought it was just for convenience in all honesty, but it's funny. I had, I've only had one quote unquote, not so good interview. And that's because the gentleman who did it, who was a very sweet guy. And I'm like, he was promoting a film that he was in. He talked very quietly and it was hard to hear him and just like very dull. And I was like, Oh, it doesn't match my energy. It might Would be have been so moved if he'd send you a voice note. Mm-hmm. So now, now I might start requesting it. <laughs> but actually, my favorite boss move that you did was yeah. you, you asked me to email you the Zoom link. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. So I send you the Zoom link. I get an automated email back from you that says, I don't always check my email, but I'll get to it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing ever. I forget that I have that, right? So my my inbox is my to-do list. Oh, God. And I, and I, you know, I move things to Asana and I have a whole system. I hate replying with like, and also I hate you when people reply to me with thank you, I got it. I'm like, why are you filling up my inbox with things like that? I don't need it. So yeah, that my autoresponder is fantastic because not only does it say I'm probably at the beach and I'm not going to read this, but it also gives you a link to a whole load of other places. It's like, you're probably going to ask me this, 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 or this, and here are your answers. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Of course I do. Again, I like things that are that are out of the, the conventional norm, like... I, I could never work in an office or anything like that, something very rigid where it's like, you know, here's your memo that you have to do this exact way. Like, don't get me wrong, I have paperwork in my job and it sucks and it has to be detailed. But for the most part, I get a lot of freedom to kind of do my thing and I'm not sitting at a desk all day. So we, we I feel like our society has gotten into a very, I don't want to say like a compliant system, but it has like the common courtesies and the workplace courtesies. And I was like, I, I would much rather somebody be like, hey, I got your email. I'm probably not going to answer it right away, but I'm still getting it. Like, I think that's much more respectable in all honesty. Well, I agree. Thanks. <laughs> so why don't you, t of course it's your email. You totally agree. <laughs> there's going to be, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of laughter in this one. I might have to edit out the, no, I'm just kidding. I never edit. Let's not even joke about it. But for all of our listeners, why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself, your history and how you got to be where you are? So <clears throat> I don't know, but maybe to start with that piece that you said about a job and things all needing to be the same, that's something I've known my whole life that was never going to be possible for me. Mm -hmm. I really dislike repeating mundane tasks, which essentially is what being employed is, mm -hmm. or at least that's my experience of it. So I'm somebody who has never had a proper job in their entire life. I've been self-employed since I was 14 and went to my dad and asked for some money for some shoes. And he was like, listen, it's my job to provide the things that you need or require. And seven inch heels are, are not a part of that. And so if you want that, you need a job. This is how it works. You go out in the world, you make some money, you spend it on things that you need. And if there's any left, you get to have the things that you want. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. So I, my kind of journey into entrepreneurship was born and I did things like make homemade cards and sell them wholesale to shops that sell them like, you know, 300% markup and started doing that at like 14 and what else? I went into a clothes shop and said to them, 
can I work for you? And they were like, no, you're 14, you can't, you have to be 16 in the UK mm-hmm. to work in, a, in a, an employed place like that. And I was like, listen, if I can sell one of these jumpers in the next hour, will you give me a Saturday job and pay me cash? And the guy whose shop it was was like, go on then, thinking there was no way I could do that. And I basically worked in his shop for an hour, sold two jumpers, and he was like, yeah, come back on Saturdays, I'll pay you cash. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey. And it's always been a little bit like that. Like, I will not accept that just because that's how it's always been done means that that's how it should be done. And that made me really, really unemployable. People really don't like it. If you're young, you come into a workplace and you're like, but why are you doing it like that? It's stupid. So I have found myself in a position where I am life and business coaching. And these days people know what that is, but they didn't always. And so for a long time, I was making up jobs. I was an assistant. I was a producer. I worked in TV. I've I had all sorts of different jobs. And now looking back, you know, I've worked in, I was a temp for a long time and I worked in so many different industries, learning all sorts of different things. And it makes sense to me now because I have this like minute amount of knowledge about so many different things that now when I'm helping people build a life that is as unique and extraordinary as they are, that genuinely feels as good on the inside as it perhaps looks on the outside, I've got all of this experience that I can pull from. And it isn't just me saying, well, you could probably do this. Like I have actually got some experience in a whole range of ways of living. So that's kind of what I do. And like I said, have had hundreds of thousands of jobs. I've worked in tons of different countries. I am very creative and I blag it all. I don't know if that's a word that translates, but I kind of just make it up as I go along. And that's that's kind of how I live even now. So a, I love that. That's that's awesome. I, I'm a very think by the seat of his pants kind of guy. Like I'm constantly like go go go. My wife is much more meticulous and and because that's what happens. You find an opposite and you two connect in certain ways. We're still always late for everything though. I don't know how that happened. My friends make fun of me because I'm always late. I thought when I got married, I'd have somebody be like, "All right, we got to go. We're later." I don't know how it happens, but anyway. So. I like not fitting into that social norm. And one of the things that you said that really resonated with me was people didn't know what a health and wellness coach was X amount of years ago, just like how people didn't know what podcasts were. Like I used, I used to have to explain what a podcast was to people. I was like, my go-to explanation was an internet radio. That, that's all it is. It's internet radio. And like nowadays you have like podcasts that are in movies and TV shows. They may, they build around podcasts. They have, a, what's that show? Murder on the Second Floor or something like that. It's a show about a podcast or Murders in the Building or something like that. But nowadays, everybody wants a title. They want something to, to like, people ask, what do you do when they meet you? Like, why why does that have to, like, my job is what I do, but like, don't you want to know who I am, what, what I like, what I don't like, what I respect, what I don't respect? Like, I, I find that putting that title adds some people like the value and they like the validation and that's cool you worked hard for whatever title you got i'm all about it enjoy it's your story man like write it and enjoy it how you want but like for me i'm just like i what do you do i'm like i do whatever i want and i have a job that helps me do whatever i want I think that's so cool. And those are my least two favorite questions. What do you do and where are you from? And but people say them without even thinking about it, right? Like instantly, as soon as you meet someone, those you're just being conditioned, socialized into saying, Hey, I'm Lola, who are you? Oh, what do you do? Where are you from? And those are the two questions that make me go, 
I need to tailor this answer to you. So it's probably best you tell me some information about you first. So then I can then I can find the language and the context for what I do and, and you know where I'm from and, and how I live that is going to make sense to you because otherwise it might be so far out of your paradigm that that just we just connect. don't connect. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, instead of asking people what they do or where they're from, I like to ask questions like, where do you want to go? Like if you could go anywhere, where would you want to go? Or if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And I like people who, I want to have a conversation. I don't, like we talked a, a little bit in the pre-interview about scripting podcasts and how I'm I'm very against it because I tried it and it just didn't, it wasn't right. It, it didn't fit the show. Like we're, we're misfits. We're, we're people that were told all of our lives to, to do certain things or be certain ways. And now we're doing a show where we're just kind of talking about ourselves and talking about life and having a script to that just seems so counter, it seemed hypocritical almost. Like, how can you have a script to an unscripted life? So for me, that was one of the things that I also, when you messaged me and you met, like immediately you were like, misfit, like I, I relate to that. Most of the time when I post in these groups, you just get people that are like, here's my business, here's my thing. And I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. Like, but mm -hmm. what, what value are you bringing to our listeners? Because at the end of the day, it's about our listeners, not about, I can talk to anyone. I can have a conversation with anyone. My wife loves it and she hates it at the same time. But for me, like, what do you what do you bring in that's that's new? And don't get me wrong, I've sat down with businessmen and, and authors who are there just like, you know, this is what I do, this is, you know, what I'm promoting. Cool. Like, tell me about it. But at the end of the day, I like having conversations and I find that there's so much value. And you seem like the kind of person that also does not like that conformity and it immediately resonated with me. Oh, I love that. I feel like if the format of a show is strong enough, it doesn't need a script. And that format can be like one question, or one principle or something that holds it all together. And it's got to have something that that holds it together. It's got to have a good container. But that can be enough. And the thing about the word misfit, I had a marketing coach way back in 2014. I was kind of starting out with my coaching business. And my book was being published. My book is called Misfit to Maven from ah to ah. And she said to me, you can't market to misfits. Nobody wants to be one. You're going to have to find a new word. And it was like the first, like it was really difficult. I spent a lot of money with this woman. I really believed her. She was very successful. But it was the first time I really found that no in my stomach of like, I don't care how much money you've made, how good a marketing coach you are this is my word. These are my people. There is no better word to describe. And I've spent a lot of time helping people understand the difference between a maverick and misfit and a rebel, like all of those things, because it's nuanced. But to me, you don't choose to be a misfit. You just are. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And you choose how you want to live that life. You know, we, we talked, again, we talked so much off air and I, and I, I always hated saying, we talked about this and now we're going to talk about it. But for me, like... <laughs> You and I were chatting about there, there's two ways that misfit live, misfits live their lives. One is where they they embrace it, and it is like from the day they're born, they're 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 living this life, and sometimes it goes against the grain or it goes against what other people expect. But for the most part, they're living that life. And for me, I lived the second life where there was a lot of repression about it. Like you know, my dad, very successful business guy, very suit and tie type guy, and very like I'm happy for him. He he does what he loves. He loves working in an office. He loves doing his work. They're actually making him retire this year because he just doesn't want to go. And that was his life. He wanted me to go to law school. He wanted me to do all that stuff. And I was like, I can't. I, I cannot put on a suit and tie every day. Like, it's it's not me. So it took until I was about 22 to decide, mm -hmm. hey, 
I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to enjoy what I do. And that's also when podcasting came around because, again, it was not something that people knew about. And I, I discovered it through a TV show that I was watching where I looked up the TV show and I found a podcast about the TV show. I was like, what the hell is a podcast? And now here we are. And it's it's wild how the universe kind of works that way sometimes where it doesn't hit you until you're really ready for it sometimes. And I'm, I'm grateful that I found that point because some people live their entire lives not being their true selves and it sucks it does and I feel like that's a really good segue into all the stuff on my website that you want to know about so let's let's talk about that let's talk about the universe and like coming back into like one thing I want to add on just on what you said yeah is that growing up the when so I'm a a zenial, so I had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood, and that means that when I was a kid, the internet didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. So I couldn't connect with random misfit strangers in New York. That just wasn't a possibility for me. And being able to do that as a teenager and as an adult, like going forward in my life, I love the internet. Like I am such a fan of the internet. And whenever I see people who bash it and say, you know, it's awful and it creates bullying and like all of these kind of these things, both things can be true, right? And For me, the internet is this fantastic place where if you are someone who has a hyper focus or likes to geek out about something in particular, there are hundreds of other people that you can do that with. And I find that really exciting and really freeing. I love that. That's awesome. Because I agree, like the internet has changed the way that we communicate. And nowadays, especially like I used to hate doing Zoom podcasts or Zoom meetings and all that stuff. Because again, it's, it's now it's it's restrictive and like, and I like, I read body language. I I interact off people's energy and stuff like that. I'm trying to tailor my own way of viewing to doing this. And, you know, I grew up the same way where, you know, super Nintendo was the peak of technology when I was growing up. Like it was like, Oh my God, this is, it's never going to get any better than, than super Mario. And then, you know, obviously technology changes. And I still remember when you were younger, everybody told you don't meet anybody on the internet and don't get into a stranger's car. Now, when I go on Uber or Lyft, I'm doing both. It's wild. I'm getting in the stranger's car that I met on the internet, but they don't ever have any candy. So it is what it is. I have been in a car where they offered me candy and I did have that moment of like, wait, red flag. I don't know what to do do with this. I can't. My dad said no. (laughs) So quick. Here's a quick story. Then my wife and I went to Italy last year and we had an amazing time because if we're going to go on vacation, as much as I enjoy, you know, the adult beverage or two, I like experience. I love, you know, here, here's what we're going to do. And we went on tours and all these things. The very end of the trip, we had to go from the Amalfi Coast back to Rome to catch our plane because we did not plan that out well. And it's like a four-hour car ride, which whatever, you know, it is what it is. We, uh, we, get a, we get a car service and do all that. And we're about two hours in. Now, the guy already asked, hey, can I stop at the gas station like, and get you know some snacks? We're like, go ahead, man. We'll get snacks with you. Like, that's fine. We're driving. It's like two hours in. And he goes, oh, so I need money from the money that you're going to give us for the toll, and I need to stop at a gas station for a minute. I was like, that's very suspicious. Like, very, very suspicious. So we stop at the gas station. He gets out. He has a cigarette for 10, 15 minutes, and we're just kind of sitting there like, I thought he had to go to the bathroom. Or no, nope, he's got to have a cigarette, which whenever you know, went in Europe. And then suddenly we're driving again and he stops and he pulls over on the side of the road. And I'm like, am I about to fight this guy? Like, am I about to protect my wife from being taken? Like, she's like texting her friend going, this is our location. I was like, you're texting somebody in America, our location. That's not going to help. And of course, we're whispering this back and forth in the back of this car. But it turns out he just had trouble with the GPS. But like, same thing. We're sitting there going, 
Am I about to be kidnapped in Europe? Because I'd watch that movie. That'd be a good movie. I mean, I was going to say, like, these things make a great story after. It's not always fun in the moment. But, you know, makes a great plot twist and an interesting story. It was a testament to our marriage that we both planned the escape while we were there. Like, I, I'm glad in, in, a, in a situation like this, we both went to, like, the weird... We're like, all right, so if there's a car over here that comes in to take us into their van, then you're going to go out this... I'm like, what, what do you expect me to do to these people? Like... All right, I can fight one guy, maybe two. But it went off the rails. We finally get to Rome, and we're talking about it. And I was like, "Do you need a drink?" She's like, "I need a drink." And we ended up having Italian wine our last night and being super hungover for the plane ride. Fantastic! I just wanted to make sure you didn't miss your flight. Oh no, no, never miss a flight. Never. That's the one. We're on time for three things in our entire life: our taxes. For some reason, my wife is super early with taxes, and then. Plane rides and going out to the bar. Those are the three things that we are always going to be on time for-ish. So I'll take it. Even our wedding, we I think we were a little late for our wedding. Whatever. It happens. As long as it was both of you, that's fine. It's only when one is waiting for the other that that feels kind of awkward or uncomfortable. I think it would have been more fun if the two of us were just sitting in the bar going, weren't we supposed to do something? <laughs> just sitting in our tuxedo in the dress. All right. So I am looking at your website, though, because I will segue all over the place. Now... The first thing I have to ask you about, all right, and it's only because there's a story behind the word in this. So you have on here elemental, emotional, and energetic alchemy. Now, the reason that jumped out at me is because my wife had me read the book The Alchemist, and I hated it. I hated (laughs) it so much. Have you ever read it? I have a long time ago, yeah. So spoiler alert, this kid is like traveling the world looking for a treasure and the treasure was at his house basically the entire time. So I get to the end of this book that my wife's like, I, really hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. I was like, wait a minute. He was literally sitting on this treasure the whole t- That's like that's like Dumbo. Like that you could fly all along, Dumbo. You didn't need the feather. So I, my wife and I joke. I was like, I hated the alchemist. She's like, no, it's so good. I was like, I hated it. I honestly... It's just because I didn't like the ending, but that, that word jumped out at me and I'm curious what you mean by that kind of alchemy. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like it's in you all along. (laughs) All right. Podcast over. No, we're done. I think, but sometimes you need to go on a whole journey to Mm -hmm. find something that's right. I mean, I I hate to bring the moral of the story (laughs) back to you, but you said you like experiences. Right. so alchemy, in, in all honesty, in this context, is it's not about changing who you are. It's not about saying that you're wrong or broken. If we are working in a personal development situation, alchemy is transforming that which already exists in you to make it something valuable. Mm-hmm. And so the old ancient alchemist turned lead into gold. And in this situation, we're talking about past experiences or emotions or stuff that doesn't feel good or that is heavy, like lead within you. We get to retell the story perhaps in a different way and give you experiences that mean that you actually come to value all of who you are and in so doing alchemize your shit into gold. Yeah. So I I do joke. I did not like the ending of The Alchemist, but I I understood it. Like, it's not like I I sat there going, well, this doesn't make any sense. I got it. And like, it's weird because the majority of the book I actually did enjoy. It's just the ending that I was like, well, that's just silly. Like, I I would have enjoyed the ending more if it was like, I didn't need the treasure all along. Like, you know, I, I what, but he still goes back. He finds this, whatever. All right. 
I'm gonna get I'm okay. gonna get so mad at the Alchemist, this book that's been around forever and ever. To the point where I actually almost bought my wife a leather bound copy of it, just be like, no, this is a real treasure. Here you go. But I decided that I didn't want to get divorced this week. But so for me, like I, I really do enjoy that. I think that people, especially nowadays, they they're very quick as a defense mechanism to to downplay their own ability and to conform with what everybody else is doing, or at least compare themselves with other people. Like you work in an office and you work your ass off just to like sell an extra unit or do something like this. But Jim down in the next cubicle is doing the same thing. Like you're, you're part of the system. And I think that finding something in yourself is something that everybody should, needs to experience at some point. And it's either change only happens through force or by will. And usually it's by force, unfortunately. Yeah, when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change, because change is uncomfortable, right? Like none of us, we all want the thing on the other side of change. We just don't want to have to do the work that takes us there. Like bring me something different, but I won't do anything different. And one of my coaching teachers years ago always used to say, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always always got. Yeah. And I, you know, it's one of those things that stuck in my mind because, you know, it's a mouthful and it sounds good, but it's also true. (laughs) So uh, there are many things in my life, in fact, that I have had to, like I say to my clients, you can be right or you can be happy. And there there are some things that I might want a different outcome for, but if I'm not willing to change my behavior or I'm not willing to change how I live, I'm not going to, they're not going to change. So I might want to be super skinny and really buff but if i'm not willing to eat less and exercise more it's not gonna happen <laughs> it's just not you know it's funny because i love to work out and i justify like they're like well do you want to be like this or this or this i was like i want to eat more that's all that's the reason i work out it makes me happy and i enjoy it i'm not going to be going on the stage for a bodybuilding competition anytime soon you know i i like to work out because i like to eat cookies you know it's it doesn't everybody always feels like there has to be a reason for something i was like don't you just want to be happy? Like people are like, why do you podcast? Surely that's the reason, right? Like, but the thing is, sometimes it's about changing the reason changing. Mm -hmm. Like, so I also talk about changing the rules so that you can be more successful now. And if the rule around exercise is I'm doing it to get more buff or to become skinnier, and that is not happening, then I'm always going to be sad. Mm-hmm. But if I change the rule that the reason I'm doing something is because it feels good and I get to play really loud music, then that's I can change the rules now and be more successful, right? Like every time I get to move my body and play really loud music, I'm like, oh, that was a win. I played this really loud music. And so we get to change the rules around what what we're making it mean. And so much of my own personal journey, like even if we go back to what it means to be a misfit, right, that thing we talked about right at the beginning, the thing that I didn't change, what changed is my relationship to being me. Right. And ultimately, that's what all of the work that I do really is about. It's helping people change their relationship to being themselves so that it's more fun. Yeah. Like I've, I've talked to a lot of podcasters. And if you ever go on a podcast group, the most common question is, how do I monetize my podcast? Like, how do I make money from it? Most good podcasters will tell you, you're not going to. It's going to take time and years. A lot of people put on like, they're like, I'm going to start a podcast, be the next Joe Rogan or whoever they want to be and make millions of dollars. When we had that mentality here at our studio where it's like, we're going to do this and we're going to, you know, this could take over and be our jobs. We got burnt out really quick because it was so disheartening. But then when we changed our mentality, when it's just like, hey, we're, we're hanging out, we're, you know, we're having a few beers, we're, we're just kind of talking and being present with each other and being friends. Not only did our podcast get better, not only were we happier, but we saw better results that way. And, you know, you talk a lot about 
creating that transformation or neurodiversity, I think, on your website. So for you, like most of your clients, you're trying to have them change the way that they think in a good, positive way. Instead of telling them, you need to do this, it's more about you need to find your reason why you want to do this. Yeah, change what you're making it mean, right? And and also, like, really check in with the motivation. Are you... So in the world in which I exist, there is a lot of talk about self-love, right? Or, like, yeah, and when people talk about self-love or do or self-care these days, these words self-care. are coming into the, the mainstream, right? What people are actually talking about is self-approval, which is different from self-acceptance. And if we come back to like the, if we come back to looking at it from a different lens, we're talking about you like unconditional love versus conditional love. Right. And so most people, most of the time, when they're talking about self care, they're actually talking about I will love myself when, when I look a certain way, when I work a certain, when I make a certain amount of money, when I'm in a certain kind of relationship, and those are all external things, and they're also a goalpost that people move constantly. And what I'm kind of saying is, well, how about we love you no matter what you do, like you reparent yourself and become a really good parent who loves you no matter what, how much money you make or what relationship you're in or what you look like. And then what happens when you actually have that, I am here for you no matter what, I'm not betraying you, I'm, you know, all of that, then the outside stuff changes because the inside stuff has changed. Yeah. So a lot of people are so focused on changing what's happening externally that the internal is what kind of is that's where it needs to start you know for me like you you talk a lot about values and your story when I was younger and I was going I I trained in martial arts for a long time and that Mm -hmm. martial arts my martial arts instructor had a a, you know kind of the the self-help type mentality and like he built his own business around it too he's a life coach now and like he would tell you well what are your values like what are the things that that drive you so like for me every morning I would wake up and I say you know, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for, you know, I'd say my grateful statements. I'd say my I am statements. And when I stopped doing them as I got older, because I was like, this is silly. Like, I'm talking to myself. I'm like, I, I noticed a noticeable change. And I started finding myself talking down to myself. And that, that small voice in the back of my head that would tell me not to do something because I would look silly or this or that started to get louder and louder. And now, like, for me, I, my wife and I are constantly saying, well, what are you grateful for? What do you, What is, like, something that you are happy about, you know, we're, we're doing construction on our house at the time of this recording. And it's really easy for us to be like, man, this sucks. Like we can't go in the kitchen. We can't do this. And I, I said to her, I was like, I get to camp out in the basement with the cat. We're having adventures, like to have adventures in your own house, like a house that you've lived in. It's all about perspective. And sometimes that's really hard. So for your, for your clients, when they're having trouble with having that perspective change and being like, well, I can look at it this way or this way. What's something that you do to kind of guide them in that respect? So I have a game called the maybe game. Okay. Uh, or like get into this mindset of like, well, this means that this is going to happen. And like, it could happen. Or maybe like this really unexpected thing would happen, right? Like, oh, well, they, you know, my partner said this and that means that this isn't going to happen. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, maybe he's planning a massive surprise or maybe you're going to get a check in the post or maybe, right? And we just play with it because often what happens when people really shut down is they are unable to see possibility anymore and their vision gets very black and white and very, you know, fixed on one particular outcome, which is negative. So the maybe game for me is a really fun way of being able to open up possibilities. And sometimes I start with really 
highly unlikely things that are ridiculous, but that brings us back up into a playful state, which then allows our neurology to open up more opportunities and possibilities to be present, which means that we can then see more, which means that we then, you know, are likely to get a different outcome. But when we're fixed on one outcome, and that's the only thing that can happen, it's the only thing that can happen. Do you find that people are having more trouble being present, especially nowadays with social media, phones, this, that, and the other thing? Is that a challenge that your clients ever come to you with? What being present? Sure. None of us can focus on it's it's hard. Like, and you know, when (laughs) when I was younger, I was never diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, but I my brother was, and you know, it's something that probably runs in our family. But it was always it was always an excuse. It was like, oh, he's just a hyper kid, or oh, he just you know he he had sugar. I was like. I didn't have any sugar today. I swear. Like, like I was some sort of sugar junkie. But, uh, for me, like nowadays it's even harder. Like I'll be sitting with my wife and we'll be doing something or t- and then suddenly I'm like looking off and I'm doing this or, I'm, you know, and she's the same way. And we, we have to like sometimes put in a, a little bit of work just to be present with each other and not because we don't find each other interesting. I think if anything, we find each other too interesting. But it's hard. Like even even during podcasting, I find myself like, well, I have to read my notes. I have to do, check the recording. I have to make sure my phone's not going off. Like, so it's hard. So if you have a client that's struggling with it, what are some of your suggestions? Turn your phone off for a start. Yeah, turn, <laughs> turn your phone. That's the easy one. But, but really, it's actually about mindfulness and intention and being clear on you know can can you focus on thing one thing at once? Many of us have probably toyed with the idea of cutting out sugar or cutting out caffeine because we realize we've become addicted to it and we need to do a reset and we may not like it, but we can probably go one or two days without having caffeine or without having sugar. We'll, we'll, and then it becomes easier and becomes easier, right? right? Like that first day is very, very The worst. The worst. (laughs) The same is true for our phones. They are little dopamine machines. They're set up specifically to fire dopamine over and over and over again. If you go into most phones, I am an Apple user, I'm not an Android user, but if you go into the Apple settings and the accessibility settings, you can turn the colors off so that the whole phone goes black Black and and white. Black and white. Have you ever done this? My phone automatically sets to, I believe at nine o'clock every night, it automatically goes to black and gray or black and white, whatever it is. What have you noticed happens when that happens? My, My interest in it is completely less. Yeah, so I often get people to do a reset on that of like not even turn the phone off, just turn it onto black and gray or black and white. And it is kind of startling. The first time I ever did it, I was like, this is insane. I have zero interest in this like annoying bit of glass and plastic. (laughs) But it's not constantly like exploding dopamine for me in my head. So one of the things that I really work on with people is where are you getting your dopamine from? And is it like, what is the quality of the dopamine you're getting? And we have all become so hyper stimulated that we need a lot of like bright colors and loud sounds in order to become stimulating. But this really cool thing happens when we reset and we turn everything off and we go either out into the into nature or we have a, de- a digital detox for a period of time is that we suddenly get reverence and awe for the subtleties again. And we can start to see so many like beautiful tiny colors. We notice little signs. Um, all sorts of stuff, you know, might notice the way your partner 
smells or smiles or something tiny whereas before it would have had to have been quite a big like them standing right in front of you or something and so I think it's really valuable to have a reset every now and then just from all of the stimulus because we are so overstimulated oh yeah and our nervous systems were not designed we've still got these ancient bodies right they're not designed for this much information constantly and we really need to take care of them in the same way as we were told to brush our teeth twice a day we now need to have a digital detox once a week and like really reset even if it's half a day turn everything off so that you can allow your nervous system to regulate yeah so like when my wife and i do date night we we have a no phones policy for the most part like obviously there's an emergency or whatever but phones are away and we're just kind of talking about life whatever happens whatever's going on with us because i i find that healthy communication is challenging, but also there's a reason they call it healthy communication because it may be hard work, but it's still worth it. Now for you, one thing that you mentioned was going out into nature and being present in, in nature and on your on your website, because I still got my notes up, you mentioned creativity, <laughs> intuition, and mysticism. Now I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this. My wife is a very spiritual person. We're not religious per se. Like I was raised a, a religion, but then that again, that was you have to go to church. You have to do this. You have to, every Sunday you got to dress up and you got to wake up early. And I'll, so as soon as I made my confirmation, I was like, I'm done. I'll find my own religion. My wife, same thing. She she went through. She was Catholic. I was a Lutheran. And so nowadays we're trying to find our spirituality and in less conventional means. We went to. We had to go to church. For one of our friends, unfortunately, it was for a funeral service. And during the mass, we're sitting there going, just, it's not resonating with us. Like, it, it's a great message. And if somebody's really into religion or, or something like that, enjoy. Like, we'll never disparage anybody's beliefs. Now, my wife, though, she is into tarot cards and she has her crystals. And I tease her about it. And she's like, nope, it's the universe. Like, the universe is telling us this thing. You got to listen. And then we joke because the universe actually put us together. My wife and I met years ago, years ago. I, when I was teaching martial arts, I did her niece's birthday party, like 10 years before we actually met. She's like, I have pictures of you doing this birthday party. Like, I remember you, and then like little things, like we were at the same like comedy show, but on opposite ends of the, of the theater, like stuff like that. And she always says it's the universe was waiting till we were ready. So you have a word like mysticism on there. So can you kind of go into that a little bit? Because I'm curious because, again, my wife's really into that sort of thing, and it's yeah. a big part of her life and her personality, and I love to try and understand. Okay. I mean, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, kismet. And like, it is, it's kismet. And this doesn't mean that that you would that it that you was destined for it to turn out that you would get married because you still both have free will, Right. right? still behave like a jerk and she can still be not available right like you could or whatever it, it, it will turn out however it turns out but that kind of those seeding those what I call universe winks of those little things where you're being nudged in a certain direction is part of the universe being alive and whether it is you know in in hundreds of different religions and spiritual conversations and stories and myths and legends there is always great spirit there is always something greater than us as individuals that binds us together and I have predominant faith and no story or religion or no dogma that I believe is the way again you know I have my own sense of connection to that that thing the nameless thing that we can feel when we're present and when we're in nature that we know connects us right that has a thousand names and it might just be i say just might just be love 
but again love has a thousand flavors and it feels and different to everybody and mysticism for me is that is the the way that we explain the connection that is unexplainable right the way that we explain actually i just went to my sister's wedding in a church and her child was there and then they had one of those parties afterwards where there were thousands of photographs all over the wall oh yeah and my sister 10 years younger than me and there were tons of photos and I looked around and there was one I thought was me we don't look that much alike but we have actually very similar bone structure because we're sisters right there's one photo on the wall where she's sticking her tongue out making a massive smile and has got her hair in a in 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 a style that I would have rather than she would have and I thought it was a photo of me and it got me and my brother talking about how you can have the same bone structure as someone but it's how you use it. It's how we talk. It's it's the expression and the energy that runs through us and our experiences that make us use our faces and everything in a certain way and give us a certain energy, which is why internet dating for me is no fun. I never <sighs> see people move oh, God. and like, you know, all of that. I can't, like, I can't I even imagine. Oh. <laughs> I need to know how you move, right? But then you have this moment where someone who has never met their great-great-grandfather makes the exact same face or does the exact same gesture. And that is like, is it biology? Is it spirit? Are we reincarnated? All of that. And for me, that is the mystery. And there, it, it's not always supposed to be explained. And so again, the other angle of mysticism for me is that we want to keep some things a mystery. We want to keep right. the magic in being human. And then I also talk about astrology, human design, crystals, geodes. Oh that. my god, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to send my wife your way. She's like, <laughs> you're such a Virgo. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not a Virgo. I haven't been a Virgo since I was 19. She's like, no, 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 that's different. But that is different. Yeah. And Virgos are like great healers. I'm really open to this stuff. So However. it's it's funny, yeah, because <laughs> she's a Sagittarius and I'm a Virgo, and she's yeah. like, and then I, I think I tell her, I was like, you know, you just use it as an excuse for the silly things you do. She's like. I can't help it. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm like, yes, you can. You just don't do the thing. She's like, I got to do the thing. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm like, it's okay, whatever. But my sister and I. The fact that you're saying no and she's saying yes is a very Virgoan and Sagittarian (laughs) thing in this situation. But it is science. And that's the point I was trying to make. Like there is science to this stuff. Right. And I think that there can be an intersection in a way that means that it can be explainable. We can look at it from a kind of engineering scientific perspective. And we can look at it from this really like feminine, esoteric, beautiful place. And all of it is relevant. Yeah. So it's funny because the only time I really get behind astrology is with me and my sister. My yeah. sister and I are a year and nine days apart. I am September 21st birthday. She is a September 30th birthday. So mm-hmm. I am a, a Virgo. She's a Leo, I believe. She's a Libra. Libra, excuse me, yes. So her and I are as opposite as you could possibly imagine. So yeah. for me, I'm like, well, I don't know how this happened. And my mom's like, I don't know what happened with the two of you. You guys are just complete opposites. In every, We don't look alike. We don't talk alike. We like... Like, I have blue eyes, she has dark eyes, like, I have lighter hair, she's got darker, like, all these, like, complete opposites in personality, too. And my wife was like, well, it's because you guys are different signs. I was like, we have the same birth month. She's like, no, 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 no. It's a different time, it's a time period, not a month, per se. So she is born, you know, September 30th, so that makes her a Libra, and you're a Virgo. That's why you guys are so opposite. Well, and it's so much more than that, right? So. Yeah. 
astrology that kind of astrology is a little bit like yoga in gyms like it's a really nice idea but it's not giving you the whole experience right, right? it's like it's giving you a dumbed down version of it that is palatable and available for that market your star sign or your your sun sign is is one aspect of your chart and there's all this other stuff and actually you grow into your sun sign so you become more like that as you get older for most of your life your rising sign this other sign is more more like your person is more recognizable to other people but the three things you want to there's a whole lot you want to look at but the three signs you need to know in order to understand someone actually are their sun sign their rising sign and their moon sign oh see now i'm gonna have to ask my she probably does know about all that stuff because i think what did she she's mentioned something again it's it's palatable for me like as somebody who's, I don't want to say a cynic because I'm always open to hearing about things and learning about things, but I'll be the first one to be like, really? Are you sure? When we were in the church and the pastor was speaking, my wife's like, stop doing that with your face. I'm like, stop doing what? She's like, stop doing it with your face. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this, what's going on in here? She's like, you can't be subtle. I was like, I don't get paid to be subtle. Like, I am not a subtle person. Why would I be subtle now? She goes, you know, if there is a heaven and hell, I, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do. I was like, at least I'll have fun on the way there. It's it's about my own, like my on my mother's side, we're a Swedish and Norwegian, so I always say that I've, I've got Viking blood, and so I I looked into Viking heritage, and they're like, you know, if you die in battle, you're gonna go party for the rest of the afterlife. I was like, I'm gonna do that. Like that's my wife's like, you're gonna go die in battle. I was like, yeah. She's like, you have trouble killing the spider in the room the other day. I was like, I got it though. Jeez. Oh, I guess in this modern world in which we live battle could be a thousand different things right. it probably mean war right like it probably has changed now into you know, fighting your own demons or like you know, i saw a like post that. recently where it was talking about dying in battle or you know falling in battle and it, it mentioned that it was like it could be you know battling addiction battling you know a sickness battling your your own demons and i, I like that mentality because it as much as I like, you know, I can be, you know, the masculine, the male, whatever I need to be when I need to be it. But for the most part, I'm a nice guy and I'm a gentle person. And, you know, I'm going to sit here and play with the cat for the next hour. But I think having that kind of mentality, though, where it's not just about fighting. And it's not just about that that masculinity where it could be anything. And it, and that's the cool thing about faith. And that's why I don't subscribe to a particular religion, because I like to I like to feel that myself. That And maybe it's mysticism. Maybe it's, it's faith. Maybe it's something that just resonates in me and I don't know how to explain it, I don't need to. And I like that. So that's why another reason when I was looking through your website, I was like, man, this conversation is going to go, it's either going to go really weird and fun or it's going to go deep and then it's going to go back. It's going to be both ends of that spectrum. And that's that's rare. So I, I definitely was excited to have this episode done. Oh, me too. And I appreciate you coming in with that curiosity. And for me, that's what it really is about, right? Like I... Have, like I said, no dogma, no particular pillars that one must follow. It really is about, if, if anything, I fall into the Mr. Miyagi camp, right? Like I will just answer all of your questions with questions and, and give you some kind of riddle that's something to contemplate and think about because there is much richness and depth to all of our experiences. And if anything, it's about being more present in your life and finding more reverence in reality and magic in the mundane. I love it. That's awesome. And with that, unfortunately, we are running low on time. So before we end the interview, please, if any of our listeners are interested in learning a little bit more about you or learning a little bit about your practice, your process, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? 
I am on Instagram and I am on my stories all of the time. So come find me at Ebony Alchemy. I, I am addicted and I will share every day. And if you have enjoyed this chat and want to hear me talking to my guests, then come and find my podcast, which is called This Sacrosanct Life. And yeah, you'll get to hear more weirdness being talked about. I love it. So when we post this episode, there's going to be links so people can find it. And I think I might even follow you on Instagram like right now. So oh. yeah, you may get you may get that notification in the next. Also, five. introduce me to your wife. I want to talk to her about crystals and astrology. It's, see, it's funny because I I told my wife that I was speaking with you today, and she goes, "Why do you why do you post these inter or do these interviews when I'm at work?" And I go, "So I'm not distracted." She goes, <laughs> "We the two of us did an interview with a, a spirit medium, and apparently my wife is also in that world." And I I was like, "Of course you are!" Like she's like. Tell her on all these experiences she's had, and I was like, "Why don't you tell me when there's a ghost in the room and like you see a ghost and I'm sitting there right next to you?" Because you make that face. That's why. It's because I make that face. All right, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so you're gonna have to watch the video to see the face. Oh man, it just it just happened. It literally just happened. Subtle, subtle like a brick wall sometimes, but uh, I can't. Now now I'm having trouble. All right, here we go. Ebony, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us and. You know what? I will actually drag my wife because she does do the occasional podcast. So if she is ever interested in chatting with you, I will send her your way and I'll press record and see what you two ladies come up with. Thanks. That would be fun. And thank you. And I'm sorry if I laughed too much. Never too much laughter. No such thing. But thank you so much for being on today. Hey guys, it's Paul and the Misfit Faction is looking for your help. We are trying to grow not only our network, but also grow our brands. And the best way to do that is if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast. Maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while. Maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you're not sure how to get started. If you go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys will get a month of free podcasting on a set as a gift from us. So make sure if you guys are looking to start your own show, you reach out to us and go to podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. Also, maybe you guys have your own online business or service that you're always looking to grow and advertising is a very big part of that. If you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash Misfit Faction, you guys can get $100 worth of free advertising again as a thank you from us to you guys. That's sponsorship.podbean.com slash Misfit Faction. So something you guys may notice about our podcast, when we first started, we had a a ton of great interviews. And most of you guys realize that we were very new to the process when we started. We were very lucky to have such a great start to our show and to be continuing with so much success. But there was a point where, and without again going into details, again, one day we'll we'll go into this whole story. But we had a publicist who would send guests our way. And that was what he was paid to do. It led to our first sponsor with Neil. You guys remember that. And just a great start to our show. However, you may notice that our show is a little bit different now in just the regards that when we do interviews, there's a type of energy to it. And as much as Ebony and I kind of debated mysticism and energy, I do believe in energy and I do believe in if the vibe's not right, then the episode's not going to be right either. One of the best things about doing this on our own now is that we pick and choose who we talk to. And I think, and a lot of people have reached out and said, you know, the vibe of the show is much better when it's less scripted and it's also guests that we already have a connection with. You know, when we were getting guests, you know, it was, hey, I need you to email these people and I need you to set something up. 
okay. And, you know, sometimes it was really good. And then other times it was a tough interview. And I had one. You guys all know it. I'm sure you do. If you've been listening to the show long enough, I'll never point it out. But there is one that it was a struggle to get through. And luckily, nowadays, I'm getting so many amazing guests on the show. And also, we love doing our topical episodes, too. There's a whole different energy to the show. And that's a big thanks to you guys for your continued support and love. So if you're looking to show even more support to the show, which, you know, Still going to sell myself at the end of this. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Make sure you guys go to our website, themisfitfaction.com. You'll find links to all of our new material, including articles, reviews. Our brand new merch store is up there, so make sure you guys check that out. We also have our brand new feature, the Content Creator of the Month feature. So if you're a content creator, you want to be featured on it, just send us an email or fill out the form there to be featured on the website for free. That is a free service that we offer to you guys. And also make sure you guys check us out on the social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. Just type in the Misfit Faction and odds are you'll find some of our stuff. We want to thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time.